So Barbara, today I have a book by Lonely Planet called Calm, Secrets to Serenity from the Cultures of the World. There's one in here for Halloween. The tradition is Halloween. The date is the 31st of October and it originated in the United Kingdom. And this is on page 85. Laugh in the face of danger. Think positive and all will be okay, right? Sometimes this advice can backfire, insisting that things will be great can make it seem terrible if the situation sours. The Stoic philosophers of ancient Greece had a different approach to managing anxiety. They believed in pondering the worst case scenario with a sober mind, fleshing out their anxiety with details and parameters, with every angle considered, anxiety over the ifs and maybes gave way to calm. For example, Seneca, the Stoic, suggested that a person who is afraid of losing their wealth should set aside a few days to live roughly and cheaply and to ask themselves if such an outcome is so bad after all. Similarly, Halloween lets us laugh in the face of our anxieties about death, the abject, and the demons that spook us. It's also an excuse to become somebody else for a night. Halloween is thought to have begun as the pagan festival Shamhang, where people wore costumes to disguise themselves while warding off ghosts. Trick-or-treating started out in Great Britain and Ireland with children and the poor singing and reciting prayers for the dead at people's doorsteps in return for cakes. It is now very popular in the United States and Canada. You can't dress up as the undead every day of the week, but you can list your anxieties and how you would handle your worst case scenarios. Imagine that you are reading the list months after the outcome and laughing at your anticipated fears. It's worth a try. What's the worst that could happen? So Barbara, mm. how does it speak to you, this laugh in the face of danger, the secret of your fears? It's, it's so interesting. When you were reading it, Linda, I was, you know, really drawn to that sentence, you know, the laughing in the face of fear. It was sort of ringing in the back of my mind, the face of danger. And it, it made me realize that uh, imagination, it leads us to set intention. So what, what they were saying here is even in the worst case scenario, uh, to use your imagination and go into um, lay, like visualizing the way you want it or the steps in which you think all the different ways that it could play out, what you're actually doing is uh, almost like setting up your mirror neurons to have pre-anticipated your way through the danger. Now we understand visualization in, in, a, in a way that, you know, where professional athletes will go into visualization as a technique of their training 
because they understand the neurobiology of it that our body doesn't actually know the difference between what's happening when we're in a deep meditative visualization state and whether like when you're actually doing what you're trying to visualize like running on a track you know, athletes visualize whatever it is that they're doing, like mental exercise and stuff. So that's one of the things that I was thinking was, isn't this interesting? And then how far we are from this core beginning, this first intention of Halloween to, to help us laugh in the face of our anxieties about death and the abject and, and the demons that, that spook us. And, and right now we're so far from that. Like it's actually literally just a yearly event on one level. So I, I just, I find that so interesting. And we're, we are, we are as a, in Western society and in the circles that I, have been in all of my life visualizing and using your imagination to set good intention has been the focus and what i personally have felt missing in my life has been sweeping out the shadows in my life and getting deep into uh, that work which is one of the things that that the the Virtues Project has helped me to do along the way. So now reading this, thinking about the beginning of Halloween and how it started, you know, this this whole stoic suggestion that um, that people dive into their fears and they dance with the demons. It, uh, it makes me feel better. Yeah. And, and I also, you know, Halloween has always typically been one of my favorite um, times of year. And going to this Wikipedia page today has, um, you know, in, in, in our question of when did Halloween begin, we, uh, you know, I, I discovered the controversy in cultures, the clashing of the cultures. Uh, and that's what is striking me right now is how uh, even though we, we come up against this every single year, this is celebrated and, and clashed upon by cultures uh, throughout the history of humanity and, and, and religions. And, uh, and yet it's, it's no big deal. Like, We've, we've really lost um, the deeper root and the, and the true meaning of, um, I don't know, something, and I'm not quite sure what it is. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say at this point. Thank you. Yeah. So Barbara, I really hear a, an appreciation for the fact that there has there are many different beliefs around Halloween 
and different cultures, different religions, different I, different beliefs around it, and the fact that uh, it comes up every year, and we manage to survive um, <laughs> uh, through the, the fact that there's not a consensus that everybody agrees to mm -hmm. uh, around this this October the 31st, whatever you call it. Um, and also the um, the courage it takes to to look at your history and and say yeah I grew up looking at always the positive side of everything and really appreciate to come to recognize that I have to embrace I guess Young called it the shadow side mm -hmm. um, yeah the 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 parts of ourselves that uh, mm -hmm. you know, we can't disown the fact that that uh, we have things in us like you know our determination can can cross the line and be too mm -hmm. strong and that the virtues project helped you be able to explore the balance between the different virtues as opposed to denying that maybe uh, sometimes our behaviors are mm, you know, not as uh, positive as we'd like to believe ourselves to be, you know, that we all have mm -hmm. those negative uh, attitudes by time. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And just as a point of clarity, you know, when I hit 50, the shadow came up and met me. I did not even know it was there until it started bubbling up to the surface anyway that's a whole other podcast but um it wasn't a choice it i think is is the point that i need to make it wasn't a choice for me i didn't go searching for the shadow it wasn't like i saw a course and i thought oh i'm gonna go do this work mm -hmm. i didn't even know about shadow work at that point and um i just there was no containing it I didn't even know I had harbored shadows. I didn't even know I was such an optimistic, positive person. Ask anyone who knew me for years. People used to, anyway, it's a whole other thing. But yeah, I didn't go looking for it. It came and met me. So that's an interesting consideration, I think, too. Well, really, thank you for your honesty and the courage to be that honest. Thank you. Mm. Tell me how it's touching you today. Well, it's interesting because I grew up with Halloween um, just being a time to dress up and, and the best Halloweens I remember were my best friend Laura and I when we actually made our own costumes and um, one year we we took old drapes and and we made them we made ourselves into um what our idea of what it would be to be like Jap dressed like japanese women we made these kimonos and everything and so we were again using it to express our creativity the whole religious significance behind it or whatever was like totally not in my mind at all and as kids we we just went trick-or-treating you know in toronto where i grew up um and we would 
you know, go up and down the street and knock on people's doors. And most people in the neighborhood um, had a pumpkin in the window or on the porch or whatever. And so we would go up and ring the doorbell and they'd trick or treat. And, and basically, you know, they would give us candies. And it was um, pretty innocent. Uh, and then when I went to, uh, I was in St. Lucia one year, and there was a whole other aspect to it um, that I had never seen before. And, and there, people would go to the cemetery, and they would bring dinner. And there, the, um, the water table was so high at the cemetery nearest that, that they couldn't dig deep into the ground. So a lot of them had like these concrete small crypts, I guess you would call them. And, it, and so people would spread out a tablecloth on top of the concrete and um, they would have dinner and they would basically visit with their departed loved ones. And the, and the priests and the ministers would come from the different uh, churches and, and they would say prayers. And um, so people would visit with their departed loved ones. So it had a whole different context to it than what I had grown up with. Um, when I lived in Prince Edward Island, wow, I was amazed by how much people decorated for Halloween, like their houses were decorated, a lot of them to the same extent that, you know, people would decorate for, for Christmas, you know, with lights and decorations outside and and so again, different places I've been at different times in my life have, have celebrated it differently. Um, and I, I was struck as, as the, we did our research through the, you know, we just looked up on Wikipedia about Halloween and, and uh, to see how much has evolved in different cultures over the years and how many different beliefs there are about how it started, where it started, what its significance was. And um, so again, it just shows how we as human beings, we don't know what we don't know. But when they talk in this, this, this uh, laugh in the face of danger piece that we've just read, the idea that, uh, you know, how we manage our anxiety in different ways and that one approach is to you know think about the worst case scenario put yourself in that i mean i grew up in that kind of an environment where it was kids were taught to be you know tough it out um and you know we we spent our summers at the cottage and were sent to camp and you know learn to rough it and hang out in the woods and and today I look at kids and they're not even allowed to play outside on their own a lot of times. So we've, in the winter, I spent my life in the ravine and, you know, weekends and after school and, and, and in the forest. And in the summer we had the cottage and we were running wild. And I don't even know that it's hard to find cottage areas anymore where the kids can just run wild in the forest because they're, they're not cabins in the woods anymore they're big summer homes anyway so it's all different and um i don't know if kids get a chance other than through you know organized sports to to learn to deal with their anxieties and their fears and 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 learn how to get that strength of character 
through their own play, through their own um, activities with each other. Um, now it's it's kind of like being bullied online and what have you. So again, I, I think that some of these traditions um, had aspects to them that are getting lost. That's unfortunate because there were opportunities for learning. Um, you know, we would go out. It's scary. It was after dark when you're a small child. We didn't go out after dark a lot with our friends. We usually had to come in when the streetlights came on. So it was facing the fear of the darkness. It was going up to doors of strangers, you know, or the neighbors. Um, but still, we didn't know all the neighbors really well. Some of them we did, some of them we didn't. Um, and so getting over the fear of strangers, and yet on the other hand, also balancing that with being watchful. So um, I don't know, it's uh, some of these rituals, uh, aside from whatever religious connotations um, are placed on them or wherever they came from, they, they were ways of teaching. They were ways of ex um, experiencing things that we didn't ordinarily experience in our day-to-day -day lives, I think. And then the idea of taking it and dressing it up so that you could laugh and have fun while you were being afraid. You know, I, I, there's something to that um, and being able to laugh in the face of danger because we never know what's coming. And I think that now that we're in this time of COVID and um, it's very real that people are, we are all coming up against our control issues where we all want to know the unknowable not just the unknown but the unknowable and how how we're all dealing with those fears and and it's um it's challenging because people's mental health is it's really really challenged right now and i wonder if part of it is because we've gotten so certainly here you know in canada i i would say that we've been so blessed for my generation anyway, and I'm almost 70, um, with not really knowing what it is to really suffer, you know, growing up in the suburbs of Toronto, that would be my experience. Yes, there are people in Canada who have suffered um, in my generation, and I acknowledge that, but, I'm, but a lot of us haven't. And so we've, we've become so that we think we should know everything and that everything is predictable and when it's not we don't have the resources to cope and um you know how do we build that into the lifestyle again for our children so that they can have opportunities to develop that resiliency and i don't think it's sitting on tablets and computers playing um, video games that uh, don't actually require them to physically experience the challenges themselves, um, the opportunities to be creative themselves. When it's all created for them, um, when everybody just runs out and buys costumes that are like Hollywood level <laughs> costuming, um, and what have you, I think we've robbed our children of many, many opportunities to learn and develop their capacity.
So that's how it's speaking to me today, that uh, there are many ways to deal with anxieties and, and, you know, and to find that balance. There's no one right way. It's not every child should have learned to have a stiff upper lip and, you know, suck it up and that kind of stuff. I think it needs to be balanced with uh, compassion, empathy, understanding, and that learning to, to um, bounce back resilience is important. So it's, it's finding a way to do that and it can be done. And I think that uh, learning to set appropriate boundaries and, and teaching respect of them. And as you say, the Virtues Project has, has some really good strategies with that. Um, yeah, it's a big conversation. You know, I, yeah. we didn't even realize when we started this that, that it, it's such a big conversation. So Linda, I'm really hearing your, I think, um, well, your deep understanding of, of the bigger picture and all of what's involved. And, um, you know, what, what really stood out to me and what you were saying is, is the recognition that the ritual for children um, year after year as they grow is it, it helps it does, interestingly enough, I had never really considered um, that it does help develop character. So I really appreciated your appreciation of that and, um, and your understanding of um, sort of the affect of the experiential learning. And um, the idea of feeling trusted. I remember feeling so trusted eventually when I was able to go out on my own. Very young, but um, before that, there was always this anticipation and this sort of uh, desire to grow so that I can be trusted, so that I can go out on Halloween by myself a big girl so I, I totally agree I love that so it would be interesting I think to hear what does Halloween mean to you how did you celebrate it um, what are the roots of that what did you learn from your experiences of how Halloween was celebrated or not celebrated did you learn anything about how to handle your anxieties and your fears um, whether you celebrate it or not sometimes we learn by the fact that we're not allowed to celebrate too so what were the stories that you were told um i know i, I heard somebody who when they heard that you know my i sent one of my sons to camp and i went to camp as a kid and their attitude was um oh only parents who don't love their children send them to camp but i thought you know, a, a whole different perspective because i thought it was a privilege to go to camp so I, I'm particularly interested in the deep dive into the soul and and how Halloween has really morphed from um, that sort of soul purpose to what it ha has transformed into today, which doesn't really seem to have 
any deep meaning that, that we're conscious of. But anyway, this has been a really interesting um, discussion today. I've, I've really appreciated um, laughing in the face of danger and talking about um, making fun of our fears. Yeah. Well, another thing that comes up to me now, just, you know, again, as I come into my dotage, dotage, you know, connecting the dots, is when did we come up with the idea that to encourage children to do things, we would give them candy, which yeah. is sugar, which yeah. we now know is poison. Like, you know, like. No, we didn't know. We didn't know. No, in our ignorance was bliss. However, look at the monster that we've created. I mean, yeah. um, more sugars in everything. Mm -hmm. you know, any processed foods have sugar in them. And what a mixed message, too, in terms of stranger danger, because, yeah. you know, we, we go knocking on the doors of strangers to collect something we want. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to play a trick on you. Like, what is that? Yeah. So again, the teaching kids about paradox. I mean, like I look at it on one level and I think, yeah, you got to teach them paradox and you got to teach them the, the yin and the yang or the ins and the outs. And Nobody ever taught that to me though, Linda. No. Nobody ever helped me to pull this ritual apart and look at all the cross layers and all of the controversy around it nobody i mean i'm learning this at 58 for the first yeah. time today yeah. a lot of this i yeah you know i have a very um uh blinded view of until today of, of what halloween and then still like we we only clicked on one of these links we looked into a lot of the different meanings but you know, we didn't dive very deep. We just sort of skirted on the surface. There's a lot here. Oh, yeah. And then you study Joseph Campbell or any of those people who get into all the mythology stories and everything. Oh, yeah. There is so much to learn that, uh, and again, come to the realization that there's no one right way to view all these things. And if one thinks there is, that's when we get into trouble because we except we don't know what we don't know and yeah. so many of these experts it's their best educated guess but it's still just a guess kind of wish that we could treat a lot more things in the world like halloween just in terms of you know we 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 it's a ritual it's a it's a yearly thing that's celebrated on the global calendar not everybody celebrates it, but that's okay. You don't have to. There's no, doesn't, well, there's some judgment around it, of course, but it just seems that it's tolerated. So thank you for today, Barbara. It's been an interesting conversation. And like you say, there's a lot to it. And we hope everyone has enjoyed it and that you'll come back and join us again at some other time. And uh, look into joining one of our how are you really circles in the future when they come up. Um, these are the kinds of conversations that we can get into with people about how different inspirational sources 
uh, speak to and, and us and, and it helps to open our minds so that we're not so rigid in our own thinking and can learn tolerance and understanding and compassion and how to truly listen, which is, you know, a really important part of communication. Thank you, Linda. This has been a, a lovely reminder for me that the roots of this celebration um, go deep. They go really, 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 really deep. And we've completely lost the meaning and context. So I'm going to do uh, my own little deeper dive in terms of the, um, uh, the opening uh, sort of um, just the time, just using the time for my own healing. We'll see where that goes. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, maybe all of us could, you know, think of what our worst fears are about months going forward. And then six months from now, look at the list and, and see how many came true and how many didn't. And maybe that can help us learn to let go of some of the fear creations myths that we create in our own minds yeah the stories we make up sometimes we scare ourselves with our own stories yeah and that's what i was just gonna say sometimes the imagination does lead us into the the hell of what doesn't actually exist and and it can leave us um lost Mm -hmm. here so yeah interesting stuff yeah so lots of opportunities for people to have their own mindful musings and share with us we'd love to hear from you take care be well mm -hmm.